welcome to Channel F, Invites Video Game Podcast. I'm your host, Merritt Kay, and it's World Ocean Day, according to the site that we use to make sure we're all synchronized when we start recording. So uh, let's go around and introduce ourselves and everyone say their favorite thing about our life-giving oceans. Um, So once again, I am Merritt Kay, uh, managing editor of podcasts. That sounds right. Um, (laughs) And uh, my favorite thing about the ocean is how, if you think about it, when life left the ocean, we all basically just decided to carry part of it with us. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Joining me this week, as always, is Fanbyte's managing editor, Stephen Strom. Hello. Uh, Without the ocean, we wouldn't have had the hit Kevin Costner film Waterworld. And I'm very grateful that we do. (laughs) So true. That is so true. Or the virtual boy game based on the Kevin Costner film Waterworld. Or the Universal Studios ride based on the film Waterworld. Or... The Universal Studios GameCube game where you walk around and pick up trash at the park and then you can go and watch the Waterworld show, which is just a CG of a ship falling into the water. Oh, my God. Such fond <laughs> memories. What a cultural spectrum that that What a touchstone. What a touchstone. Uh, also with us this week, as always, is the wonderful fanbite editor-in-chief, Danielle Riendo. Hi. I love the ocean for many reasons, but I really like swimming in the ocean. I think it's fun. I think right. it's a great time, you know? Right. Kind of unconventional, yeah. but I'll allow it. Do you like <laughs> swimming in the ocean under the moon? Oh, I love it. That's basically my favorite thing to do in the world. Fantastic. It's a top 10. Let's put it in the top 10. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, uh, not sharing... Their favorite thing about the ocean with us this week is Nikki Grayson, who is on the International Space Station. We wish them the best, but that's the opposite of the ocean, isn't it? Being in space (laughs) is space the opposite of the ocean? Or I think think space mm. is yeah, it's a dark reflection of the ocean. You know, space and the ocean have a lot in common. (laughs) And um, but joining us, uh, guesting this week on Channel F is uh, Fanbyte Features and Trending Editor, Elise Favis. Hi. Uh, my favorite thing about the ocean is the sound of the ocean, of, like oh, crashing yeah. waves, or like listening to a seashell and hearing what sounds like the ocean but isn't the ocean. Wow, yeah. yeah. That's kind of the same as the emotion I get from you, Elise, so like uh, that oh. makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> um, That's nice. Yeah, well, um, as we always say on this show, uh, give me your heart, make it real, or just forget about it, because we're moving on to a segment called Staff Picks. This is Staff Picks. It's a segment where we talk about the games that we've been playing and tell you about them. Uh, The games that have taken our hearts and made it real. Uh, This week, uh, we've got a pretty wild spread. Yeah. Um, Let's don't forget about any of these. Let's not forget about any of these great games that are, uh, you know, ranging from new releases to uh, the opposite of the old releases. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, one of these is pr- a couple of these are pretty ancient releases in kind of well, different eras, but but like yeah. in a way that's fun to look back on for sure. Yeah. 
Why don't we get started with Stephen? Because you have been playing a game that I played last year a little bit, but is finally out of early access. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a uh, co- is it uh, Koei? No. Yeah, Koei what? Tecmo. Um, yeah, Koei made Te- this what? one. It's Dynasty Warriors Eight. Everybody well, finally is, out of early what access. What is the name Steve? of? I always confuse Koei with this company. Uh, Clay Entertainment. Clay, Clay. Oh. Um, listen, a lot <laughs> yeah. of the letters are the same. It is, yeah. They both start with K, just yeah. like you. You, I mean, that you are at a disadvantage naturally because you're always yeah. having to sort out any other word that starts with K from your true, own last it's name. It's true. Yeah, I do have a big problem with that. Um, but it's of course Grifflands, and uh, it's out full release now. This is a game that I actually enjoyed quite a lot when I played the early access of it. But how are you finding it? I love it. I like it quite a lot as well. This is kind of the opposite situation as uh, Hades was for me, where right. this game came. Yeah, like this game came out in early access and you loved it and talked a lot of good game about it. And I was like, wow, okay." And then I never touched it because I wanted to wait for it to be out of early access. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I didn't want to burn out on it, um, which I think is the more traditional uh, sort of approach to a lot of early access stuff. At least people in our spheres tend to say like, wow, I'm going to keep an eye on this game and then play it when it's in full release. And that's what I'm doing now. I rebought it on Switch, and that's mostly where I've been playing it, though I do own it on PC as well. Uh, cool thing with this one I found out is that, so I bought it on um, Epic Game Store, which is where it originally was exclusive, but Clay has a thing where if you own any of their games on any of the PC stores, if you sync your accounts, you can just get co- free copies of those games across all the storefronts. Oh. Oh, wait. Oh. Wait, just on Epic and Steam? Or? Just on Epic and Steam, as far as I oh, know. Oh, okay. Yeah. But still, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. If, uh, you know, for some reason you, you choose not or prefer not to play on there or something like that. I don't know if, like, maybe the Daily Challenge leaderboards are separated. Maybe that's mm. a good reason to do it in this game. But yeah, so that was kind of neat. Um, so, But I've been mostly playing it on Switch. Uh, it's a little bit clunkier with a controller. Uh, yeah. B- because it is a deck-building game, if people aren't aware Right, it's a deck building game in sort of like a grimy future. Yeah, uh, where you like go through. It's much more narrative focused than most deck building games. Totally. Um, and there's you're building two decks the whole time. You're building like a combat deck and a negotiation deck, and those two mechanics like work kind of differently. Yeah, totally. Like you're still drawing five cards and get three actions, but other than that, mostly they are basically completely different styles of deck building game. Um, negotiation is much more like you have to be very active and constantly pushing back against the like enemy as they sort of passively build up arguments against you and become impatient over time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I think is like a neat thing. Like conversation in video games is usually so <sighs> direct and like gamey, um, like gamifiable yeah. in, in a way that is like different than the way this right. is gamey, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but it is, it, you either get the, like the Mass Effect thing of like, just make sure you pick all the right dialogue choices that like on the back end of this game, this character says that they want to hear, mm-hmm. or it's like build up points by giving them, you know, persona style, um, um, gifts and things like that over time. Right. Yeah. And then they'll like you. Uh, whereas in this game, it's like much more active and because like the, there's this kind of hidden mechanic in the game semi hidden. I wrote about it a little bit on the site. Um, called Impatience, where a character, if you don't, like, defeat their core argument quickly enough, which is um, sort of basically their health pool, their main health pool, 
they will get stronger and stronger as they just like don't want to listen to you, like yeah. try to persuade them of something. <laughs> right. Um, it's like so the opposite like, of like exhaustion in like combat, right? It's just yeah. like it's like conversation exhaustion kind of of just like they get like more defensive and more just like I'm tired of this, just like leave me alone. If you can't convince them of your of what you're trying to get them to do fast, yeah, it becomes totally. harder and harder, which I think is a really cool idea. Right. And it's just, like, so antithetical to what we usually see in video games where, like, most video games expect you to be able to make everybody love you all the time and you're the coolest guy in the world and, like, you should always feel like the coolest guy in the world. This game is, like, actually has a whole system where every NPC in the world has an attitude towards you. And if you fuck up a negotiation, they just hate you. <laughs> like it literally. Yeah, they just hate your guts. <laughs> it literally puts a like a marker, like a red marker over their head that says, "This person hates you." And if you try to do negotiations with anybody that they know, they will have like a floating buff above their head that is like rumors, and it says like, "Oh, the person who hates you has been spreading bad rumors about you because they hate you so much, and you were such a dipshit in front of them." So now every other conversation you have in the game is going to be harder until you like make that person like make this, it good with them. It's such a good album, though. Yeah, <laughs> rumors. <laughs> yeah, that. But like that. Oh man, that game just sounds like my worst anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone hating me and like, yeah, just treating mm. me differently. Yeah, but in this game, if someone hates you, then you can then just also be like, well, fuck you, buddy, and like pull out your space True. laser or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pull out um, a pair of knives and kill yeah. them. And then they drop better you know loot what? if you kill them. That makes everything better, right? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> there. <Killing. laughs> Honestly, there is an element to it of just like, oh, man, I wish in real life so much to me, like social anxiety is not actually people hating me. It is never being certain if somebody is mad at me or hates me or not. Or if like, did I say oh, something that bad? that uncertainty is awful. It's the uncertainty, you know? And like, like if everybody in the is, world. Yeah. Yeah. If everybody in the world just had like a little floating red icon that said this person hates me, I'd be like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, God. This is so much better. <laughs> Yeah, you you know where you stand at least then. Totally, I I know that all my negotiations will uh, take two damage every turn until I uh, <laughs> pay them off with ten <laughs> shills. Have you um have you beaten any of the campaigns? Because I think there are three, right? Yes, uh, there's three now. Yeah, there's, they're all complete. there's like this bounty hunter character who honestly kind of reminds me of Danielle. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, she looks like Danielle. Yeah, because oh? she's like this short haired, like athletic, like just like chipper kind of like cool character <laughs> yeah um and then there's this like old man who's like an ex-secret agent i think or he's is got like one. a missing leg yeah yeah and then there's just like this regular dude and like <laughs> the regular dude is just like an alien and i really like the alien designs in this game because like none of them are like they're not just like you know star trek like um someone with like a bunch of shit on their face right they're like big slug man or like Big Tiger Man or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, they they all have, like, very distinctive looks to them. And, like, uh, they, they also do a really good job. I mean, it's clay, so their art style is just, like, really striking. It looks like... Uh, Mark of the Ninja or Shank, you know, those sure. old those older clay games that they've made before. It's that style. Mm. Um, and so every character that you encounter is, like, really interesting. I also, like, find it kind of fun that, like... 
or it's like noteworthy anyway that like w- one of the first things that you have to do in the game when you first start is you play that bounty hunter character uh Sal is her name and uh she's off against like this um it's kind of a world where like slavery is like a huge issue and you were basically sold into indentured servitude when you were a kid and worked your ass off for 10 years to basically buy out your own debt and now you're looking for revenge for the person who sold you into slavery um and like the person who sold you into slavery is this alien type character but like i i've been playing a lot of xcom lately and there was xcom was one of those games where at the time got a lot of conversation around it about like hey why do these snake alien ladies just have like big knockers like why do they uh-huh. have like big titties on these on these snake aliens when they're big reptiles that makes no sense and like i feel like the game doesn't do a lot of like uh sort of gender dimorphism in that same way that it's just like oh this is what you would expect from like uh, the, a feminine character on an alien uh and like the characters just like instead look like what you like whatever they look like whatever their species is um and that's interesting um, and the battle system too, like, you know, that's kind of your last resort in my case. Anyway, mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to the end of any uh, gameplay yet, so I don't know if you can just like talk your way out of the final battles. Maybe, um, I assume you can, but mostly you can talk your way through situations or you can talk other people into joining your team and like, Hey, bouncer, you're supposed to, you know, be security at this place or whatever. And they're like, yeah, but that guy looks really fucking tough. I don't want to fight him. <laughs> you deal with it. And so you have to like have a conversation with them and negotiate and get them to join your side. And so up uh, like this big combat battle where it's like using a completely different deck. And I feel like is a much more straightforward deck builder, like slay the spire in mm-hmm. that mode. But you, if you use the negotiation to bring somebody to your, to your side, you can kind of completely break this game because you just like have three guys on your side and just like completely dogpile on this other loser um, and win that way. Um, and, you know, upgrade your cards and, Level up over time and that sort of thing. It is very hard early on, though, so I have not beaten it yet. No. Yeah, um, it's um. Yeah. I I have some news, which is that I just downloaded it on the Switch. Um, <laughs> because I remember liking it a lot. And deck building games can sometimes. I've talked about how they can sort of like eat my life sometimes, but like mm-hmm. Grifflands didn't really do that because. There are, like, endless modes, I think, or there are, like, score attack modes and stuff, but there also just is a narrative for every character, and you can just, like, beat the game with a character. And, like, yeah, you can go back and see other parts of their story and stuff, but it's not, like, it is a roguelike, but it's not, like, most deck-building games, which are just sort of, like, purely about the gameplay and, like, don't have much narrative there so there is like a sense of completion i feel like that right that means that i'm less likely to just get sucked into it and play it for the sake of it like but, yeah uh, it's, it's nice to have a roguelike that feels like also gives me the good brain chemical it gives me the good brain chemicals of a roguelike which is that i'm constantly always building up and getting cool mm-hmm. new cards and stuff but then at the same time gives me the good brain chemicals of like ah, i beat a game and i'm just done with it because i've yeah, seen the story yeah. and i can move on <laughs> like that feels satisfying a lot of the time yeah um, yeah, I have not tried any of the other new characters yet. Cause I'm kind of just like, I've unlocked, uh, the second guy. Uh, it's not really hard to unlock the second guy, but at first you only have Sal. And if you get to like day two in her playthrough, you unlock the second guy, Rook, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been mostly just focusing on like, I just want to get through Sal's storyline and see where, where this is going with her. Cause like, she seems cool. And, yeah. um, I, I want to see where they go with the idea of, uh, 
trying to hunt down like a specific enemy and like, can I talk my way out of it? Like, what am I, how are they going to play into the idea of like building these relationships along the way? Or am I going to get a bunch of people who will come help me in the final battle? That sort of stuff. It's, it's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, it's also, I think on sale right now on yeah, yeah. switch. So yeah, it is. So yeah, I would, yeah, I'm going to play more of that after this, I think. Uh, I cool. might yeah. a, Speaking of sci-fi and aliens, yeah, Danielle, I think you might like it too, actually. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I like Clay games. Like, I, I yeah. liked mm. so many Clay games. Um, I liked my, I played a little bit of it, oh my oh, God, yeah. like two years ago or something uh, for like a preview. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the style of it too. Um, I haven't played many like card battler stuff, but I thought it was neat. I was just about I to just, ask if you, if you play a lot of deck builders. Yeah, not really. Um, but there was something about this one that I think like, I guess it's mostly just like the style for me that yeah. like, I was like, oh, dang, it looks, it just looks so good. That makes me want to play it. Yeah. Clay yeah. has such unique art styles like yeah. across their games. Like this game obviously looks like Shank and Mark of the Ninja, but then Don't Starve looks completely different and Oxygen yeah. Not Included looks so different. And right. Even, even Invisible Ink, which is the game that I've been trying to get Danielle to play for like six it's years gonna now. It's going to happen. Don't worry. I think Austin bought me like two copies of it. So like, I I promise it will happen. Uh, I I will say if people um, out there have played other roguelikes from Clay, including uh, Invisible Ink, I think Griftlands is a lot more forgiving um, than that one. Like uh, Invisible Ink is brutal. But yeah, I'm sorry. We we're moving on to uh, Danielle's. Oh, well, I was going to say, speaking of games that um, we will eventually play. Uh, and speaking of aliens and futuristic stuff, all that, all that jazz, Elise, uh, you've played the new Ratchet and Clank game. I would love yes. to hear about it because I can't wait to oh, play this man. game in three years when I can get a PS5. Because- yeah, I was just going to say, like, it is such a great game if you have a PS5, which is still impossible to get. So good luck, everybody. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, God, Paul in the fucking chat here. Uh, yep, just like, yep. boy. Yeah, I will get a PS5 Slim. Uh, no, I will get a regular <laughs> PS5 when everyone else is getting a PS5 Slim and they're selling their their base ones. But I played. Yeah. So I was not a PlayStation baby, but Aww. I did play the 2016 Ratchet and Clank game uh, when it was on PS Plus a few years ago. Yeah, and so, I loved it. It's incredible. So is it mm-hmm. like that? So I played like half an hour of the 2016 like movie tie-in one Ratchet and Clank on PS4. Um, so this is relatively like my new, like I'm, I'm a newcomer to the series basically. Um, like I, I would say like that half an hour doesn't really count. So, but so yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know if I can really make that comparison. Um, but what I can say is it really feels like in Ratchet and Clank, uh, Insomniac is really borrowing from a lot of its like newer games, especially like Spider-Man and and Miles Morales. Like there's Mm. these massive, like action packed set pieces that I feel like that work really, really well. And you know, that kind of like seamless sort of like, there's a a sort of fluidity, right. To Spider-Man. And you Mm. really, really, really feel that in um, Ratchet and Clank as well. I I, I, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to ask, like, do they, did they add a bunch of like traversal options to this one? Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. 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 It feels like, uh, so you can like wall run, you can air dash. Huh. Um, you have these super cool, I, this is like my favorite thing is you have these hover boots where like once ratchet puts those on or 
either rivet or ratchet, um, they can like basically hover above the ground and you feel like you're skating across the surface and you can go super, super fast. Um, and you use like the triggers in the back, like one trigger to move one foot, then the other, other. and then it's like, yeah, it feels like skating. It's super cool. Holy shit. Um, yeah, there's a certain, like, everything just feels like fast and good and like, the fights are like fireworks. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the, honestly, the best thing about the game is the weapons. Um, they're just like, <laughs> I mean, this is a goofy universe, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the weapon designs really like encapsulate that there's, um, there's one that's like a shield. So like if you hold down, so it uses the adaptive triggers and like, if you hold down the trigger halfway, you pull up a shield. If you pull it down the full way, then the shield actually fires back at an enemy. So it's like not just a shield, but also a weapon. Um, And there's this one that's like a massive drill and like it like goes into the ground and then shoots back up and like shoots at enemies. There's like uh, another one that like ricochets, like bullets ricochet off enemies it's it's really really fun, um, and both Rivet and uh, Ratchet they unlock all of the same weapons. They have all of the same move sets. There's a bunch of like upgrades that you get along the way for all of those different weapons as you unlock them. I actually find that's the biggest drawback for me though is that they play exactly the same. Uh. I was surprised by that. I was really surprised by that because I was like, okay, you've got like two great you know narratively they're really great protagonists and jennifer hale does like an incredible job like yeah she's like almost unrecognizable in terms of like the range in her voice when it comes to rivet um but like gameplay wise it doesn't really make much sense to me to have dual protagonists who play exactly the same have all the same items all the same armor all the same weapons Mm. um so that's like the the one con for me I I'd somehow completely missed all of the traversal stuff too. Like I I had yeah. heard that so Rivet is like the new character. She's like brand new to this game. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you you come across her in like Doctor Nefarious's alternate universe. Like so <laughs> it like there's this there's this device called the Dimensionator where you can like <laughs> jump between dimensions. And but then that malfunctions as Doctor Nefarious, the villain, he's like he steals it from Ratchet and Clank. Uh, and it basically makes time and space broken when this malfunctions. (laughs) So like enemies are like popping in and out of view, like at a moment's notice, uh, or you're sometimes like tumbling through like one rift after another. And that's like one of the cooler bits is like all those like moments that seems like purely cinematic aren't. Like, as you're tumbling, like, one rift, tumbling through, like, one rift after another, you're going into, like, fully realized worlds. And sometimes mm. it keeps you there for, like, a minute where you, like, battle some enemies and then you're, like, jumping through, like, you're on a pirate ship and then suddenly you're in space. And then, I don't know, it's it's great. It's really fun. That's really God. cool. God, that sounds um, really cool. Yeah. God, I... It's this so is, good. It's better than what I expected. It honestly. sounds kind of like, honestly, the way people are been talking about this game is like it sounds kind of like the first real like next not i mean whatever console generations are still kind of a scam i think but like it sounds like the first like (laughs) next generation game like the idea of like having all these like different kinds of traversal and and 
you know, jumping through these different portals and stuff. It kind of reminds me of the way that people talked about like Mario 64 um, oh. and then some GameCube games yeah. and stuff of just like um, all these, these things that are, are possible. Uh, it's like a proof of concept for the PS5. Yeah. I, I think it really is. I think that there, like you said, there hasn't really been that game yet. The, there hasn't been the PS. Like, I mean, Imran really puts it well in his review. Is like this is the compel- This is the reason to buy a PS Five if right. you can get one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you <laughs> played a lot of other? Problem, but... I was gonna. Say, uh, I guess I'm gonna ask. Like, have you played a lot of other PS Five exclusives? And then I remembered there's like two. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't play Returnal, but I played Miles Morales. So that was um, also on PS4, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't. Oh shoot! Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I oh, I guess like, Returnal was the first one. Returnal, right? yeah. Returnal and Demon's oh, Souls. I guess Those, it launched. Right. Yeah. Right. And oh, the man. Playroom, maybe. Astro. Mm. Oh, Astro's, oh, Astro's, Astro's Playroom. Yeah. I loved Astro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Astro's a so lot good. of people like that too. Although that, I think it seemed like it felt more like a tech demo than maybe like a full. Yeah, I feel like. If so, it's the I, best I temp like, demo ever made. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like it starts off feeling that way, but then, like, just to the lengths it goes with, yeah. like, the, the levels and stuff and how detailed and good they feel, like, I feel like it, it feels like its own its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Astro, one thing that po- bothered me in Astro that also bothers me in Ratchet and Clank is just, like, overstimulation, I guess, when it comes to vibration, um, mm-hmm. the haptic feedback is... Uh, like it's really cool, right? Like the it does kind of it does similar tricks in Ratchet and Clank. Like every time you move forward, there there's a kind of like um, pitter patter, right, on the on the controller itself. So like you feel everything, um, which is cool. But like it's a lot after a while, and mm. you can change that in the settings. But the default setting on your PS5, it's set to like strong haptic feedback <laughs> and your ps5 like your dual sense runs out of battery very quickly um when it's on that setting so that's oh, also hmm. kind of frustrating i that happened a lot in astro happens again in, in ratchet and clank rift apart interesting okay yeah returnal definitely does a lot of like the haptic stuff as well like i think more so like the adaptive trigger thing does does ratchet do a lot of that where it's like yep. pull the trigger halfway okay Yep, yep. A lot of the weapons use that. Like, there's a shotgun. You can fire one barrel if you hold it halfway. Two oh. barrels, barrels if you hold it fully down. So, like, you feel like you have a lot of control over the weapons. Like, I can't even think of another example of a game that 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 has had that sense of, like, oh, wow, I feel like I can really control this the way I want it to. Yeah. With that much detail. Does that... Like get like I know you mentioned the the haptic stuff being kind of tiring, but does that stuff yeah. kind of tire you out? Like having to pull the trigger down so hard um, if you want to do certain things, or like having to run because Returnal does that as well. And it I got used to it eventually, but I remember thinking early on like, wow, it is a lot to remember that basically both of the uh, like L two and R two are basically four buttons now because you can do the half pull and the full pull and they do different things depending on that and you can turn that off in Returnal but like I'm curious like does that get tiresome for you across this I, game I don't know if it I don't think it gets tiresome but I think there's a certain kind of learning curve sort of what you're talking about like it's like it kind of goes against your muscle memory because you're not used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, like coming from the PS4, you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to shoot my gun by pressing R2 and that's it. 
you know, I could push that the whole way down. So there are definitely times, especially when I was using the the shield weapon where like, as I was explaining earlier, like you hold that halfway down, it's just the shield, pull it full way down, you're firing back. So I was like, oh, I'm firing back when I don't actually want to fire back. I can hold this down halfway, right. Um, So like, yeah, at first there's a little bit of, uh, you have to get used to it. Um, You have to get accustomed to it. But once you do, it feels, it starts to feel more natural. I wonder if that's going to become like more common because- I mean, like, I wonder, well, like, what was the last time that there was, like, a major change in controls um, on console yeah. stuff? I mean, like, touch control, or, like, um, motion controls, kind of, motion but, control, like, yeah. but not really. Motion, I would say, yeah. like, the last time there was something, like, that big was, like, two sticks being, yeah, becoming like common. Shock one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to me because, like, you're right. It's been such a long time, and I think... Like, you can look at the touchscreen on the PS4 that was so underused. Mm-hmm. Everyone at first mm-hmm. was just like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And then it just became, like, the universal, like, click here for the map function. It basically um, just became yeah. a really big select button because they yeah. took the select button off and replaced <laughs> it with the share button. Totally. Yeah. So, I, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, this is such cool technology. It's just, like, how much are developers going to actually use it? Especially, like developers that are not first party Sony right. developers. So that I feel like that's still like, mm, we'll see, but yeah. I think there's a lot of promise. <laughs> it reminds me of playing um Infamous Second Son on the PS4 and mm. like how much that game used every aspect of the dual sense of uh-huh. like hold it sideways <laughs> and then shake it and then pull a trigger to use it like oh, a spray yeah. can I or like love use that. use the map button and I'm like, "Wow, this is cool." And then, like, I don't think I ever played another PlayStation 4 game that did, like, anything like that. And it's so clear that it was because, like, okay, there was, like, some kind of directive of, like, you have to, like, show off all the different features. Um, yeah. But then, oh, like... Yeah. Well, it's, it's so hard to do it in any game that's not a guaranteed PlayStation exclusive, right? Because right. Because you can't then just say, like, and we're, we're going to use this on the PlayStation version. And what do people do in the Xbox version? I guess... They just press X and hold it or something like because the you know, the if you're building the game for multiple consoles and multiple controllers, you can't really lean into that stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, it's a smaller version of the same problem that people ran into with the Wii, um, mm-hmm. which meant that the Wii just ended up getting like stripped down ports with waggle controls. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this case, I think it basically just means that probably people won't use that as much like those features as much because if you don't it's just a regular gaming controller that's become standard but it would be cool if like some of this stuff was more like widely widely used i don't know i'm just like <laughs> looking for anything a new consoles from like is there a reason this exists like what is like show me something new it can do <laughs> that you can't do on a pc with an xbox sure. one controller yeah. With the PlayStation, it's I think it's less the controller. I think like one of the things everybody keeps talking about is like the SS like the built in like proprietary SSD that makes the loading mm-hmm. time so fast. Like I know that was the thing that they showed off in all the trailers and stuff, but just like Ratchet playing use that a lot and like you know the whole thing where you'll be on one planet and then you'll walk through a portal and suddenly you're on a completely different planet with no load times. Does that happen a lot? I wish it happened more. <laughs> um, but it it, it yeah, I I don't know if I want to say it's like underused, but I wish it was just like more consistently used right. through the whole game. Um because it is really neat when it happens and like 
I was like, especially at the start of the game, they really like, they use it a whole bunch and mm. then it's just like a little bit less so like later on. Hmm. I haven't finished the game yet, but I'm like deep enough in to see that like, okay, yeah, it's like being a little used a little less, but like that is, that is the cool part of the game is like just showing that power of the SSD of like tumbling from world to world. But yeah, um, the, there's probably my favorite like section where they use it is there's this um, planet I think called Blizzard and it, it's like a, it's a space station with like low gravity and you have to hit these crystals. And when you hit these crystals, the, the planet changes into another dimension and you're basically oh. consistently shifting between one dimension and the other as you hit those crystals to like navigate your way through. And I was like, when I played that level, I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. Like there's, there's, you know, you can use this for puzzles. Uh, like, eh, I don't know. They, they didn't like, they, they didn't build on that in the ways that I was hoping. Mm. That's a shame. Because yeah. it, it does look so cool. I know I and I know you said you haven't beaten it, but I think Imran, who's also been playing this game and reviewed it for us on fanbite.com, where people can go read that review. Um <laughs> I mean I think Imran was out there this morning tweeting very similar stuff, and I believe he has beaten the game. And so it sounds like you're you're right. Your experience doesn't mm-hmm. change dramatically in like the last ten minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotcha. It's a great game. Like I really wanna emphasize that, you know. Um it's not perfect. Right. Yeah. But there, there's, there's a lot of. I mean, if I was someone who does not have a PS5 yet and miraculously had a chance to like get a PS5, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, finally in stock. <laughs> uh, I, I would be like, yeah, Ratchet and Clank is, is the reason to get it. Like, I guess this is like a more of an inside baseball, not inside baseball. It's more of a fan question because I just like these games so much. But like, as somebody who hasn't played a ton of them, do, do you like the story? Like, did it make sense to you? Um, yeah, actually, like, I feel like they, they do a pretty good job of bringing you up to speed, especially in the, like, early portion of the game. Um, so I didn't feel terribly lost. I'd also, I mean, I had read a little bit before playing, so that probably helped. But, Mm. like, generally, I think, like, it's pretty accessible, uh, to newcomers. And it seems like a pretty good place to drop in, honestly. Um, I love Dr. Nefarious. He is, he's so funny. Like, um, he, he's probably like my favorite character in the game, honestly, (laughs) just because of how ridiculous he is and like comical he is and his evilness, like this cartoonish evilness he has. Uh Um, like at one point he's joking about giving parental leave to his like minions. I don't know. He's just so (laughs) funny. And, uh, there's these like, comic strips that like uh, that play basically like in between levels and stuff like that and it's just kind of like it's like okay let's like go back to dr nefarious and see what he's up to and like brings you up to speed on his story but he's just always has something absolutely ridiculous and like i don't know like i said it's just like uh cartoony evil um yeah he's like he's like trying so hard to be evil but he's like a big dork i Mm. think underneath (laughs) it all so He's he's kind of like a longtime villain. He was like in Ratchet and Clank three, um, up your mm. arsenal back on the PS two, and like oh, that was... what a good yeah, that's that one. There's that one. Good, good. It's a good one. Oh God, Danielle, one of these days you should also just go back and play all the Ratchet and Clank games. I need you like to. Platformers. 
I need to. I do love platformers, and I've I've I never really played a Ratchet and Clank. I don't I, know how I, it's oh, the same great. boat, Danielle. Yeah, I love platformers, but like Ratchet and Clank, for whatever reason, was just not something I had ever yeah. gotten into. And I don't even think it was because I looked at it being like, oh, I don't think I'll like that. It was yeah. just like, for whatever reason, I just had not picked up a game outside of like yeah. half an hour of the 2016 game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I will say, I mean, though, if you can't, um, if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds great, and you can't get the PS5 one, if you haven't played Ratchet and Clank 2016, it is like one of my favorite games of like the last five years or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it's one of the very few, maybe the only PS4 game that I platinumed because it was oh, wow. so enjoyable. And like, I had mostly completed everything with the first run and just did a second one um, to get the rest. But um, it's, it's great. It's unbelievable that it's a movie tie-in game for a movie that was by <laughs> yeah. all accounts, like not very good. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the things that turned me off of it was like, oh, it's a movie tie-in. Like it's going to be bad, but now that I'm listening more to like Ratchet and Clank fans, I'm just like, oh, that was actually good. I missed out. I should play it. Yeah. No, like it's it's weird because like that's probably the most accessible other than this one. That's probably the most easily accessible, like big Ratchet and Clank game because so many of those were on PS2 and PS3. And like one of the really annoying things about the PS5 is you can't play those games in any realistic way. You could use PlayStation Now to play some of that, I guess. But like, yeah, some of the, the PS3 ones were on PS Now on the PS4. OK, yeah. Um, I don't know what the state of that stuff is on 5, but... I think any PS Now stuff works just fine on PS5, because it's all just streaming anyway. Um, But that requires you to use PS Now, and, like, by all accounts, that's not always the best experience. I guess I haven't really tried it myself, but I've always heard, like, middling things about it. Like, have you Hmm. used that, Merit? Um, I haven't used it since I got upgraded pipes, uh, but when I was using it before I had fiber optics, it wasn't great. It was, Mm. like, a pretty pretty subpar experience, I would say. Um, but I don't yeah. know. As some people, I think it works. I, I think PS Now, though, can't you download things now? Oh, like, can don't, you? Don't they, just, don't they just let you download them now? If you can, really? that's wild. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Um, You're thinking yeah. of the P-Snow. That's what that is. Oh, the P-Snow. The P-Snow, yeah. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. No. I, was, I was someone who got into, like, cloud gaming very early with oh. like on live i don't know oh my if god yeah <laughs> yeah i played on live i played red faction yes. armageddon on on live i oh. played deus ex human revolution on <laughs> oh shit <laughs> i <Damn>. don't recommend <laughs> that's wow. awesome what an experience wow. yeah now that was a fucking like joke that thing was a nightmare it ran like shit oh my god the I just whole ui reading was about it. terrible too but Whoa. yeah, that's geez, incredible, incredible. Um, that there was this like clunky controller you could get. I think, I yeah, think I bought. I think I had bought it honestly. Like I was just like, the, <laughs> I I don't think I had like any. I didn't have like any like good modern controller at that time, or mm-hmm. not controller, any good like modern console at that time. So I was like, okay, like on live is a dream come true. Like yeah. I can finally play all the games that I want to play, and I don't have like a you know greatly powered PC. So I like played a bunch of stuff on on live and just sort of dealt with like the terrible kind of infrastructure of it. Right. <laughs> well, um, 
Yeah. What else? Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, Danielle had some other aliens. Danielle, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to yeah. talk about Subnautica a little bit? I have a brief interlude from the world of Subnautica Below Zero, which I just started. Like I just started. I bought it after Stephen uh, regaled us with their tales of the cool truck thing yeah. uh, and other like just great, just great moments in exploring a, a, a Sub Zero and Subnautica. Whatever. <laughs> below the waves like all this this cool exploration stuff and of course my partner has been playing uh the first subnautica so much and i was just like oh my god and i grabbed it and i never got to playing it until this weekend and i just started it right and my god you know, you know yes. world ocean day was coming so you decided to get yeah it yeah <laughs> yep that's what it is that's exactly what it is uh so i started it up and i started playing it and i encountered these little I, I sent a video for everybody to look at. And I think what's going on, I'm not going to do the audio poison thing. I just thought it was very funny. And I got really, really caught up in this like texture that happens when you pick up the little baby penguins, these little weird alien baby penguins. <laughs> it looks like they poop. Uh, I don't think I saw this video. I don't think they're actually pooping. I think it's supposed to be like, oh, some water's falling off of them. But it looks exactly like they are taking a little dumperoo as you pick them up. And I thought that was just delightful. And I kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And I died because I froze to death because I was so excited about these little weird oh alien God. penguins that were taking a shit on me. And I was like, oh, it's so Check cute. And I kept I doing it. it. This penguin shit. Imagine being so fascinated. Like, just if, what if that was like a real person? Like, just like so fascinated with the fact every time I pick this penguin up, like it shits a little bit. Oh, my God. And then you were so fascinated with that that you died. Yeah, you, you died of exposure. <laughs> that's exactly that's it. Like, that's like the killing joke. It's like the thing that, it's like Infinite Jest, like the tape that you can't stop watching and it kills you, except it's that's a shitting penguin. That's exactly what it was. That's what happened. So I love the game, but that was like my first 10 minutes of the game was dying because I thought the penguin shitting was so cute. So. Oh my God, Daniel, yeah. I can't get this image out of my head of you just like pointing at the It's screen. kind of like a... Like a Steve Irwin moment, kind of. Thing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Look at this thing! It, it shits every time I pick it up. Unbelievable! They're so cute. They're so cute. I just these adorable little guys <laughs> can shit three times their own body weight in a single day. <laughs> Well, Anyways, that's what I'm playing. Oh, you're, you're very good at that. I gotta say, Dan. <laughs> thank you. Um, did you want to add anything else about it, or did you want to? Just talk no, about I'll, I'll talk penguins? about it more next time. I just, okay, I just cool. wanted to share that delightful anecdote with you all. Sounds good. Ooh, can I can I ask one question? Oh about yeah, Below zero. Because yeah. I love Subnautica, and something I love about Subnautica is just like the unexpected horror of it. Like there's oh, yes. some spooky sections. Is that like? Is it like that still in Below Zero too? I've still gotten like a little spooked a couple of times. I also like, I, and I think I said this maybe uh, when I was talking about the first Subnautica because I was watching my partner play it. And my partner is such a little scaredy cat when it comes to anything even vaguely scary in games that they will like scream bloody murder when they're attacked by something. I ended up getting them, I promise this is a short story, but I ended up getting them a whole bunch of like cute like clothes for their birthday, like custom prints that were all like underwater prints and shit. And I tried to oh. give it to them. Uh, by making them close their eyes, and I did a shark attack that was from Subnautica, and it didn't really work because I like I kind of started laughing in the middle of it. But, uh, to answer your question, yes, it still happens a bit, okay. but I'm less affected by it than the person in my life who got me into all this, and yeah, that's what I got for you. <laughs> cool, cool.
Cool. Uh, and then Merit, it sounded like you maybe played yeah. something that you want to talk about? Yeah, I've played a couple of things this week. Um, so real quick, I want to talk about this indie game called Weaving Tides that I was playing mm-hmm. earlier today. Uh, I don't even remember how I heard about this. I think I just got an email or something. I was like, that looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not that far into it, but you're, it's a game about you're like this little boy whose dad is a dragon. Um, Uh I think, I think it's your, I think it's your adaptive father or your adoptive father, not your birth father. Um, but you live in a world that like is just all like made of fabric. Like it doesn't look quite, quite as like, you know, it's not like a Yarn Yoshi, that level, um, but it, it's sort of like a top-down thing, kind of like a bastion or something where you're you're moving around the space and um, your dragon dad trails like ribbons behind him and uh, you can dive up and down in like a lot of the areas of the game are like just woven and you can dive down under them and then come back up to make stitches in the oh. in the fabric. Uh, oh, and you use that's that cool. you use that to solve puzzles by like um stitching together parts of the ground that are like you know destroyed um or to like join different points and you also use it to defeat enemies by like basically like drawing a stitch over them and then closing it down so they just get smushed <laughs> um it seems really cute and like really i don't know like it it kind of depends on where they go with the mechanic and everything, but um, it's really not like anything I've seen before. <laughs> um, yeah. Like it just, it's like a top down narrative game, like a bastion or something, but just with like this, this really interesting mechanic and it's really pretty to look at and the music feels um, like it has pretty good vibes. So uh, yeah, maybe I I'll have more to, Steam. I might have more to report next week, but uh, it seems pretty cool so far. Uh, I like the idea. I think I was just drawn to like the, oh, I like anything that does kind of like fabric stuff in games. Um, And uh, this seems to do that beyond just like um, an aesthetic choice. So like there's actual like, you know, you're doing fabric themed stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this right now and like, I love like so many small, it looks like it's a fairly small indie game and like I've just been looking at a lot of small indie games recently yeah I, I can't talk about right now but like I'm so sick of pixel art <laughs> at this I point know I know oh yeah. God, yeah and like I know it's it's often easier to do than than some other stuff but actually I think it's, it's pixel art is like hard to do well it's but hard like, yeah this is like, is, is not even, that at all yeah um yeah this I has mean, such I guess a it's like look. it's low budget is what it is yeah but, yeah yeah uh, but, uh, but yeah, like the, so. Like, all I say that uh, to to say is that like basically any indie game that is like going for a two D art style that is like going for its own thing in a very different way. Like I'm I'm looking at some of these shots now. It's on Switch too, by the looks of it. So I might yep. pick it mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this would but, be a good yeah. Switch game. I feel like, um, like it just stands out to me a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I know it's uh, that's sort of why I jumped on it because I was like, oh, this looks very unusual and uh, having a really good time with it so far. So I have no idea how long it is or like how difficult <laughs> it gets or anything, but it seems to be fairly like low key, uh, which is nice. Um, also, I played Dragon Quest, the first one, you know, Dragon Whoa. Quest. Big Dragon um, Week for you, huh? Big Dragon Week. Lots of dragons. Um because I was playing Breath of Fire on stream yesterday as well, but I played <laughs> through the three. yeah I played through the first Dragon Quest, the re-release that's on the Switch, which is the mobile version um, from a few years ago, 
it does take some getting past like the aesthetics of like the the pixel art is like mismatched but mismatched, um yeah but once you get past that dragon quest holds up i think like it's so weird to be like an rpg with one character where you learn like eight spells maybe and like is really grind heavy holds up but it really does hmm. like it, it's just it was a really chill experience and like it's it's a game that is like I would say the first Dragon Quest is much closer to like a Skyrim than to like what most people think of as a JRPG. Mm. Because you can go anywhere, like from the beginning, pretty much, you will just get fucking killed. Like, so it's a matter of like figuring out like the geography of the space of like, okay, how safe is this, this part of the world versus this part? And like, am I strong enough to venture this far into this territory? Um, yeah. Like, uh, you know, and I was just grinding while listening to podcasts and stuff. So it's like pretty, pretty low key. Um, but it, they make all these really smart design decisions that seem like really ahead of their time. Uh, like, yeah, you were telling me about like near the end of the game, you get an yeah. item that seems like really smart. Right. Yeah. So like a lot of the game is pretty grind heavy. So you're just walking back and forth, killing monsters and like leveling up. But near the end of the game, you get this like magic armor that is like the best armor in the game and like gives you a bunch of bonuses, but it also heals you every step you take. So it basically makes grinding much more tolerable because like in between (laughs) encounters, you're healing yourself. So like you don't need to worry about like drinking potions and stuff. And it just feels like they weren't just like doing this as just like a like, oh, we'll just do this to make it take longer and whatever. Like there was like some thought put into it. And like, I guess I tend to write off early JRPGs as like this is just an attempt to like simplify CRPGs at the time and as a result of the limitations of the console they were like really boring and like grind heavy and slow um but I think I'm gonna play through more Dragon Quest games like definitely definitely one to three because those are on the the switch and then I have 11 so at some point I do want to get into that too because I also just love the style and the world like it's it's really cute. I love always love Toriyama's art and um, the monster You're like a designs. Dragon and, Quest or yeah. a, a Dragon Ball person, right? I was like a Dragon Ball fan when I was a kid, and um, this stuff is closer to like like Dragon Quest. I feel like is closer to Dragon Ball than Z in that it's just him being really goofy, and his designs are like really cartoonish, less like serious big buff man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm um, I'm gonna become a Dragon Quest pervert. I think. Hell yeah! Yes. You you sampled the sacred puff puff, and now you're <laughs> oh my god! For life. Wow! Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> those are the words you just said. <laughs> there is a part. Yeah, there is a part in Dragon Quest where you go up to this lady, and she's like, "Oh, would you like to sample the puff puff?" And I'm just like, "Um, what is this in a children's game?" And then the screen just goes black after, and then she's just like, "Oh, there you go." And it like nothing happens, but it's just implied that you did something and then later i was watching like um because i was like what the fuck is is this in all of them and it is in pretty much all of them there's um in dragon quest 8 i want to say there's a scene with a character like that and uh, yeah there definitely if you say yes she puts a blindfold on you which has slime eyes on it from the slimes (laughs) of course and then you sit down on a chair and then she stands behind you and has a slime in each of her hands and is like rubbing them against the sides of your head Oh. It's very weird. It's like oh. <laughs> it's like very, very strange. Um 
and the characters the most have, sensual experience that anyone has ever had. You know, right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> wow. So yeah, weird games, but cool. Um, well, do we want to uh, just uh, take a break then move on to question time? Yes. All right, this is question time. It's a segment where we take your questions and answer them. And if you'd like to ask us a question, you can do that. Uh, you can do that in the Fanbyte Discord. And you can join the Fanbyte Discord by going to fanbyte.casa. If I say fanbyte enough, then it'll sneak into your brain and <laughs> you will uh, start going to the Discord and, and going to the website and fanbyte, fanbyte, fanbyte. <laughs> this yeah, week, listen we have to this a- podcast while you sleep and then yeah. suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it'll just incept into your brain. You'll learn, you'll learn pro strats um, while you sleep. Uh, <laughs> we've got a few questions this week. Um, first off, Taylor asks, <laughs> what task would you make your worst enemy use a racing wheel for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a good kinda, question. Kind of following up on our discussion of racing wheels and uh, specialty controllers last week. Danielle, I love your answer that you have written down for this. <laughs> Well, I, I did a real good, hard, long think about this. And I thought about all the tasks that I do in my life. And I was like, yeah, brushing my cat's teeth. Do that with a racing wheel. Try that with a tiny little cat mouth and the little cat's trying to fight you. You got a big old clunky racing wheel. Now, that how would, would that, so when you turn the racing wheel to control the, the brush, like on a you know, robot I'm arm? Ki- yeah, I'm kind of thinking robot arm. And it's like, you, you turn right to, to brush mm. the right side. You turn left to brush the left side. But like, Good luck. Now, you, know, you, you got to fight that cat a little bit. It does sound like you're basically describing a WarioWare minigame. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, I my God. That right. totally brush, would be. Brush. I, brush. Brush. Uh, brush. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> While the cat tries to, like, wrestle away from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and Stephen, what do, you, what do you have here? Uh, it's sort of the modern day equivalent of, uh, I just thought to myself, like, what's the modern day equivalent of putting a uh, thread through a needle? And, okay. um, I think adjusting image sizes in Photoshop and like, mm. uh, adjusting layers so that they are properly aligned, uh, and doing it pixel by pixel because Photoshop for people who don't use it, um, or any Adobe product for that matter, they all work the same, have this fucking annoying thing where, when you move a thing on top of another thing, when you move a, an image layer on top of another image layer, uh, they auto snap to where the software thinks you want that to go. Mm. And then you have to hold down a button to like more manually control it pixel by pixel. And both of those feel bad. It feels terrible <laughs> in all instances. And then you overshoot by like two pixels and then you go right back to this beginning and you have to start all over again because it's not like if you overshoot where you want an image to be or like the resizing of an image to be like you can just then move it back two pixels I guess you probably can. There's probably shortcuts for exactly that sort of thing. But, like, nobody does that. Nobody would go to that (laughs) trouble of learning these uh, keyboard controls. Like, what? Uh, So, of course, using a uh, racing wheel, something probably perhaps one of the least precise sort of input devices in the history of mankind for this sort of thing, I think would be really, really just infuriating. Well, well, it depends on the quality of the racing wheel, doesn't it? That's true. You get a $1,000 racing wheel, that's going to be... You know, down to the micron. Now, <laughs> Paul in the in the chat here, our pro- wonderful producer Paul, uh, says that, and then Adobe will rematch shortcuts after an update. And I do love the idea of a computer just sort of remapping your racing wheel and your uh, your pedals, like in a real car. 
Mm. And like, just like, oops, I guess now you turn with the pedals and uh, the racing wheel or the, the wheel, I guess, is used to brake. We are 10 years away, five years away, probably, from that being a prank that people do. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, a, a fatal prank. Um, mm-hmm. An unsurvivable Like prank. most pranks. Like most pranks are fatal, if you're the Joker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bailist asks... Bile, bail, bile, um, bailist. Looks like bail, the the demon or whatever. Demon. Oh, oh. shit. We got a demon worshiper. Um, oh, fuck. They ask, I am two years older than Danielle. So when I was a kid, I had friends who were only my friends because they had video games or consoles. I did not. <laughs> did you all also do this? Do you think kids these days do this since video games are way more accessible or prevalent? Um. I just I, love the, I'm two years older than Danielle, therefore. It, yeah, right. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, I appreciate the point they were making about, like, what era of games yeah, they yeah. grew up in. I, I fully appreciate it. I'm just like, yes, that's right. All 39-year-olds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think I had friends. I don't know that I had friends who were, like, only my friends because they had cool stuff. But I definitely had friends who, like, I didn't like as much as other friends or like who kind of sucked. Uh, But because they were like only children and their parents had good jobs or whatever, they had like playstations and all kinds of cool shit. And so like, I think there was a certain tension of like, even if I don't love spending time with this person, I still, you know, I still want to play Parappa the Rapper or whatever. (laughs) Um, But I don't know that I had any, I don't think I had any friends that I was specifically grifting from. Did either of you? I did not, but I did have a cousin who had all the Sega stuff. Like he had a Genesis Mm. and I loved going to hang out with him and like my cousins at that house because of the Genesis. I liked him too though. So it wasn't like a, Oh, fucking Jason sucks, but at least he has a Genesis. It was more like, I like my cousin and also Sonic. So (laughs) I guess it doesn't really fully qualify, but it does speak to that era, right? Of like you, you, you might have had one or the other if you were like, you know, yeah. not like super rich or whatever. Basically. My cousin Sonic, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'll yeah. just put in. Uh, I was almost the exact same situation as you, Merritt, um, the reverse on consoles. Like I had a friend who we were mostly friends because he lived across the street from us. And so it's mm. more of a proximity thing than. Right. Yeah. When you're kids. Mm. Yeah. You're friends with just people who are. I mean, I don't know if that's even true anymore now because of internet yeah. but <laughs> maybe maybe less so um but yeah like it was we were a playstation household and he was a nintendo and eventually xbox household and he was an only child so he just had a bunch of stuff but never mm. a playstation so we would go there to play GoldenEye and then later halo um mm. and he used to always throw big birthday parties and stuff too i actually liked his parents a lot more than him um <laughs> oh wow would go on to like cat sit for his mom for oh many my years God. to come that's so funny <laughs> i love that kind of Yes. I love that sort of like weird relationship when you're a kid and you go over to your friend's house and like you get along really well with their parents, but like sometimes they don't or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then that that was always mortifying when like your friends would get into like a fight with their parents while you were there. Oh my it's just God. like, yeah. can you not do this right now? Like, can you be normal? You have guests? Like, I would never. <laughs> 
totally. Yeah. I just like, can my... picture like little Merritt doing that. And it's very funny. And then they'd be like, <laughs> you know, and then the worst thing would be like, if they're, they'd be like, well, why can't you be more like Merritt or Steven or whatever? Oh my and God. It's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks. Always. Don't drag yeah. me into this. I don't yeah, need that smoke. I'm not part of this. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm a disinterested party. I have immunity. I'm, I don't even live here. <laughs> I'm just trying to play Sonic. Okay. Like... Sonic, leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't yeah. know if kids these days do this. Like, I honestly, yeah, I don't have many, I don't know many um, children, I guess, <laughs> in my Rolodex. Closest, the, the closest thing I have to this uh, right now is that I will, uh, I did ask my brother, who is a um, high school teacher, uh, basically, uh, not not recently, so maybe it's changed in the last, like, two years or so, but, like, about a year or two ago, I asked him, like, do kids play console games, or do they think that's old shit, and, like, they just play th- things on their phone? And, like, his response was basically that mostly kids, especially younger kids, I think, just play shit on their phone, and mm-hmm. I think it's less these days, like, oh, I want to go over to Jason's house to go play whatever, and it's more begging their parents, like, hey, please, it, okay, the game needs you to enter your credit card mm-hmm. for me to get past level five, because we need to buy five blue gems and like mm-hmm. oh god dad like this is the game that all my friends are playing and it's just like mm, right. no this thing is actually <laughs> fucking exploitative trash and there are yeah. way better i own better games that i let can me, let you play let me introduce you to a little guy called super mario <laughs> god one time i read something about some guy who was like i'm gonna make my kids play through all the nintendo games oh. that i like before i let them graduate to like a super nintendo or thing i was like you're the worst fucking parent i remember seeing stuff like that i feel you're like i've a, seen you're that a nightmare Can, man has anyone ever actually successfully i feel like once your kids are in school all bets are fucking off like yeah. how could you actually are they one are they one year old and they it's don't just, actually know yeah. how to do anything like it's just a really funny idea to me not to be like i don't let my kids play violent video games but just like my kid doesn't get to play GTA until they beat Super Mario 64. Right, they have to eat their vegetables. All like, 120 stars. Yeah. You got to meet Yoshi on the roof. But like, you know, that that comparison, like if that if that holds true today, then you're absolutely yeah. right, Danielle, because I played I was not allowed to play M-rated games for a very long time mm. when I was young, but I would just go to Premiere Video and rent the suffering and then get very scared and then go to return it and say the disc was scratched because I was too scared to keep playing. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, God, that's so cute, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember uh, being very nervous because I was going to return the game. I was riding on my bike in the game. I had the game in my backpack and I was going to return the game uh, riding back on my bike uh, to Premiere Video because it was within biking distance. And then I rode my bike past my dad driving home from work. <laughs> and I was so scared that he was going to, I don't know, like stop and frisk <laughs> to check oh my, my dad's game. Not that he would have any reason to believe that I would have anything, period. Nor oh, would no. he like just stop dead in the middle of the street to come like ask to see my bag. Like, but that was at the time a mixture of like being afraid that it, because I had like an illicit good, an M rated mm. video game in my bag. And also just like being in kind of a nervous frame of mind anyway, because I was so scared of midways, the suffering, the fucking <laughs> si- uh, that fucking paranormal, like prison escape game um, from that PlayStation two era. Wow. Yeah. I, I get all the, I gotta, I gotta admit, I get like every game, called like the suffering or condemned or like whatever that have just like a man in a, an electric chair or like holding a two by four or whatever on the, on the cover. I find all, I, all those are the same game to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Manhunt. Same. Manhunt. Same. Sure. 
They're all very, they're like, all three of those games are fairly different, but I totally know what you mean. Cause the there was like, is so yeah. 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 That, that aesthetic was like a thing that the midways of the world, when the midways of the world still existed, were like definitely chasing at that time. Like there was a certain, like, you gotta be gritty and have blood and like, and it like what gritty means is like, I don't know, a back it's like, alley it's saw, New York. Right. They think it's saw. Like, they think oh, it's, it's saw, a game, but yeah. it's saw. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Just well, like the Saw video games. Yeah, just like the <laughs> Saw video games, which I... Those deeply influential games. I've actually seen some of recently. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, was good. That? Oh, good. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched any Saws, so I don't know how well they hew to the, the, the themes of that film, but mm. you definitely do have exploding collars around your head at one point, and your head blows up if you fuck up. So that seems like something that happened in those movies. <laughs> um yeah i think probably we can wrap up there then yeah yeah i think once you get to talking about the xbox 360 saw video games i think mm. there's nothing more to say i think it's time to to leave before things degenerate further <laughs> right yeah um yeah so thank you for listening uh please uh, go to fanbyte.com and check out our other shows and uh other content on there uh, you can find uh, Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Strom. Danielle is at Danielle R.I. Uh, Paul, our producer, is at Polly Mayo. And uh, what's Elise's Twitter? Does I think it's just Elise Favis, I believe. It is just Let me- at Elise it is Favis. at there Elise Favis. And I am at Mary Kay. Fanbyte is at Fanbyte Media. Uh, again, the Discord, if you want to ask us a question or just hang out. Uh, it's a cool it's a cool place. Uh, it's uh, fanbyte.casa. Yeah. And yeah. hey. Tell your friends about this podcast and other fanbite podcasts. Hey, yeah, one tell of the a friend. Support us. Tell a friend. Uh, just uh, just drop it in a conversation. You know, just be like, that reminds you of something that I heard on a podcast, and your friend mm-hmm, will think mm-hmm. that person's totally normal. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's great pillow talk to bring up Channel F and all the great Saw video game goofs that we talk about yeah. on this show. While oh you're God, smoking yes. a cigarette in bed with with your lover, um, just sort of <laughs> recline and be like. I was just thinking about Channel F, the video game podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Named Uh, after the Fairchild Channel F video game console. Have I ever told you about the Fairchild Channel F? (laughs) Uh, No, it's not a story the Jedi would have told you. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Damn, damn. There it is. Okay, well, well, let's, let's, uh, let's go out then. Uh, Thank you again for listening. We will see you next week. And until next time. Uh, on this World Ocean Day, remember that um, Waterworld died for our sins. <laughs> and keep that dial tuned to Channel F. <laughs>